Opinions and ideas expressed in the following Moraine Valley Broadcast Channel recording are those of its creators and do not represent the views of Moraine Valley Community College. The shock of death at first sight can be very rough for anyone to handle all at once. It's as if the world stops and becomes silent. You are so overwhelmed with emotion and confusion and your head feels like it weighs twice the weight. Grief hits differently when you know who caused the death. All of a sudden you start to have anger towards that person or thing. You blame them and you protagonize them. It was all their fault. And the thought of if only I could have did this or said that in order to have stopped it causes you to blame yourself. This overwhelming sensation leads to denial at the first stage of grief. You don't want it to be true. It can't be true. You haven't quite let the idea of death soak into your mind. Once it does, the overwhelming denial turns into something stronger. Anger. Cold anger. Anger that can take someone to different extents. Anger will begin playing with your mind and bargaining your best moments in life so you could replace the sorrowful one. The realization that you can't have that happen, that it's not possible, can lead to depression. Depression can be one of the hardest stages to get through. You feel like there's no purpose to anything. There's no reason to want to do anything. There's no point. But with time, you begin accepting it. It may take days, weeks, even years to reach the stage of acceptance. But once you do, it only makes you stronger. I went through my first experience of grief at an early age. It was Sunday morning in the year 2010. The crisp smell of the freshly cut grass filled my empty stomach. I came out onto the porch and was struck by the warm California sun. I ran down the chipped red concrete steps of my childhood home as I named each step a divisible of three. Three, six, nine, fifteen, eighteen. I made my way to our ginormous red SUV as my dad struggled to fit the suitcases into it. I dragged a blue carry-on to my dad. Today marked the first time on an airplane and I was over the moon about it. I couldn't wait to experience it all like tapping on the airplane for good luck and watching the window as the plane took off. Forty little fingers fought over the crispy edges of our scrambled eggs as a new episode of Sid Y began playing. Ironically, the episode talked about airplanes, and we felt so cool because we were going to experience our first flight that afternoon. We ran across the house playing I Spy as we checked each empty closet. Making sure we didn't forget anything, I ran through my head every possible place in the house that we didn't check. But then, one thought came into my head. My feet went heavy. How could I have forgotten? I ran as fast as I could to the backyard, knocking down the string beaded curtain that hung between the kitchen and laundry room. As I was struggling to pull open the heavy wooden door, it flung open and stubbed my toe. Tears came running down my sunburnt cheeks, but that wasn't my concern. I ran out to the backyard as I wiped the tear film from my eyes. As I stood there in nature's spotlight, sitting there on the concrete floor, was a crime scene no eight-year-old wished to see. My 120-count Crayola Classic Edition crayons were murdered. As we boarded our plane, I slapped the side of the Blue Southwest airplane in anger, while every other passenger gave it a light tappy-tap. I felt my blood boiling as I sat by the airplane window, staring the sun with anger. My eyes started to sting, so I just looked away and slammed the blind down, so the murderer would no longer shine as a reminder of what happened that morning. I opened the drinks menu and ordered a Sprite with extra ice to cool me down. 
This over-cheerful flight attendant handed me my drink carefully, which frustrated me because I was capable of holding my drink without spilling it. I wasn't seven. The drink came with a napkin to use as a coaster, and on the napkin was a white airplane. The flight attendant handed me a box. The box held the three primary colors. So basic and so boring. All I created was my Caribbean green and laser lemon yellow and my razzle-dazzle rose. I aggressively crunched an ice cube. I pray that this was all a bad dream, that I can go back in time the evening before we left and save my crayons before the sun killed them the next morning. I wish to not getting any crispy edges or winning the class multiplication contest. The plane ride consisted of my mom assuring me that she'll buy me the new edition box with the built-in crayon sharpener. So fancy. My mom didn't understand. Those crayons were a reminder of California, coloring under our lemon tree every day. I couldn't go a day without it. There was something about the smell of the lemons and watching as the sun set behind the branches that inspired me to capture that moment. I would draw the same picture every day, but it turned out different every time. I would start with the peachy pinks and oranges in color and ombre to match the sunset. I would take the brown and trace the branches over the sunset. I would then draw on the leaves as the wind blew through them. My favorite part was the lemons, which never stayed on the tree the same way. They were scattered around the bark of the tree, and drawing them into the picture made me feel like the most precise artist. Yes, the crayons were run down to the core, but it made me happy to see them that way. As the plane landed, I buckled my seatbelt. My ears began to pop, but the pain of my frown stood as a distraction. Attention passengers. We've now reached our destination. We hope you enjoyed the flight and have a nice day. Nine years ago was the first time I experienced grief. My most prized possession was gone before my eyes and there was nothing I could do about it. Grief is grieved in different ways and means different things to different people. The importance of someone to you, or in this case, something to you, reveals itself once it's gone, its nature.